Welcome back indeed, episode number 72, Razzball Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Sun and Joel edition. Joel, what's going on, my man? I'm doing good. It's it's championship week, so uh, pressure is high, focus is high. We're going to see uh, see if we can bring bring home a chip for the good for the good folks of Milwaukee. And then maybe the good folks of Milwaukee will be rewarded with another one later. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. The, 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 double, the double dip there. Nothing like it. How that you would, doing, man? No, that would be sweet. Um, all right, 72 jersey numbers. There's only one player that is adorned 72. Uh, Jason Capono, shout out UCLA. I watched him a lot, man, when uh, when he was at, at, at UCLA. Um, uh, he was good, man. You know, he had a lot of – he was. He, I mean, he had size. He was like 6'8", 220-ish, something like that. Uh, you know, where the, the headband Capono would come out, start mm-hmm. lighting up. Uh, he was really good. I mean – you know, you don't have to be the most athletic guy. You know, granted, being 6'8 helps, but if you can shoot, it's kind of like pitchers in MLB. If you're left, if you're a lefty reliever, you always have a spot, right? So if you can shoot in the NBA, you're always going to have some sort of role. So, you know, he carved out um, a respectable 11-year career, over six teams, career 43% shooter from downtown. So shout out Jason Capono, man. Um yeah, it's good, man. You know, that's the only time we're ever going to talk about him, so it uh, feels kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I chipped down on memory lane there. I was just about to do a, a player comp for Corey Kispert, but I guess we can just pass on. We can just pass then, you know. Hey, that's not bad, actually. Yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. No, I think so. I mean, um, I think just like that, having one great skill will keep you in the league, and the three-point shooting for Capono was good for ten years. Um, Kispert is shooting 40% yeah. from three this year. Um, so, you know, they, I, it's a comp that makes sense to me. And also, um, you know, as someone who is now invested in Corey Kispert in a <laughs> dynasty league, like, yeah, no, he's got a career. He's got a future yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no downside here whatsoever. <laughs> you know, no, that's the best, you know, like when you acquire a player, especially in dynasty, then you start really digging in, looking at all the highlights, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the flop pieces, like you're searching for any type of like positive reinforcement. Um, just start mental masturbating over, over a bunch of stuff. It's uh, yeah, I do the same thing, man. It's, it's, it's fun times. It's good time. It's um, part of the deal for sure. It, it is. It is. All right. Players who have scored 72 in a game. Wilt shocker uh, On to the next, uh, pretty, pretty easy stuff. So, um, <laughs> All right, so we have about uh, about two and a half weeks left to go in the season. I mean, it's crazy. You know, time freaking flies. Um, so I just wanted to go over a few, you know, rest of stuff, schedule stuff. Um, Milwaukee, they have the most back-to-backs left with three. So uh, there's a good chance Giannis sits some. Chris Middleton is definitely sitting three games for sure. So, uh, you know, if you have any of those guys, you know, I think you have to be kind of wary about that. Um, Houston, Golden State, Cleveland, they don't have any back-to-backs, but in terms of total volume of games, uh, they're down near the bottom. Um, Cleveland, they have the least games left at eight. Uh, Memphis, Chicago, Portland, Milwaukee, Philly, Phoenix, Utah, they have 11 games left. Denver, New Orleans, Dallas, Lakers, Spurs, Raptors, Washington, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Houston, Indiana, OKC, Sacramento have 10 games left. And then the teams with nine games left, Boston, Clippers, 
Miami, Detroit, Minnesota, Orlando, Charlotte, Golden State, uh, and the Knicks. So, um, you know, if you guys that are still in the playoffs, check out the uh, you know the schedule grid. Um, that'll show matches. That that probably gives a better visual res- representation uh, in terms of you know teams. It has the page stuff in there. Uh, granted, it does. It only goes by one week, so um, you know do that. But I think I'm gonna. I'm doing a, a piece for the athletic that'll kind of go a little bit more in depth into that, uh, nice. so you guys could check that out. So um, that's it. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this pod. Um, the first thing I want to do is, in our thirty-team uh, salary cap league, I am hanging on a thread by a thread in the roto standings. You know, I think I'm like four points up, but I mean, yeah, those things, those points can go quickly. So. Uh, in a way, I kind of want to shut it down right now. You know, two weeks is a lot. That's a lot of time. Throw you know? in the damn towel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw it, like, shut it down. Shut it down. Um, but you know, there's a lot of lot of games left to be played, especially you guys in a roto uh, leagues. So hopefully, um, you know, the guys look favorably upon me, and you know, I can take care of that. But Joel, so you know, most of the the big portion of the salary uh, of the prize pool goes to the head ten winner. And Joel is in the head-to-head finals now, and which is funny because if you guys remember uh, earlier pod, I think it may be December, um, maybe November. I forgot exactly which one, but uh, Joel was pretty down about his squad then. He was kind of thinking about uh, tanking, uh, and um, you know, it's just uh, he made some moves. He stuck through it, just grinded it out. So. Uh, for all you young kids out there, you know, never give up. You know, that's the lesson. <laughs> so, Joel, is, all right, take it away. That, that's a lesson, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I think part of what was challenging for me with this season was that I've never played in a league of this size. And so I really had a hard time understanding what a good team looked like. Um, and, you know, I don't think I was ever really considering tanking because I just I had too many good players to really like be bad. Um, but I didn't understand how to, uh, how to go in or how to sort of roll up the stake and play for now versus play for later. It's, e- it's easier to get younger. You know, you could just like, um, trade away a, a, a more veteran player for a younger player and, and sort of rely on hope and upside. Um, which is actually kind of how I, I made that trade with my opponents in this matchup, uh, preseason. Uh, I traded Contavious Caldwell Pope uh, to the team that I'm now playing um, for Jalen Johnson, who is not on the roster anymore. He was part of the Brooke Lopez deal. So there definitely were a bit of a sine wave of things are good. Things are not so good. Things are good. Things are not so good. So um, yeah, I've I've made it here to the the final matchup. Um, You know, I think you're laying out the schedule is really useful because schedule was just huge in the road for me getting here. Um, the last two weeks, I had the game's advantage over my opponent um, and really was able to, to sort of get by on a lot of volume. Um, the, uh, the balance shifts, I'm, I'm actually short games to this, to my opponent, who uh, I just, because, because now that I've, I've made it this far um, and, you know, I said that I didn't really know what a, 
a good team looks like. This is uh, the roster for the team that I'm playing against. Um, $36 Desmond Bain, $56 Shea Gilgis-Alexander, $35 Kawhi Leonard, $3 Aaron Neesmith, $45 Ben Adebayo, $4 Terrence Davis, $1 George Yang, $3 Dwight Powell, $8 KCP. Welcome back. Hello again, Contavious. Uh, $1 Javon Carter, $1 Troy Brown, $1 Simone Fontecchio, and $1 Kevin Knox. So it, it's, again, that sort of stars and scrubs, big money, small dollar um, kind of build. And, man, this is a good team. Um, yeah, for sure. Those, those dollar guys have hit. Like Javon Carter's had a really nice year for a dollar. Yep. Fontecchio is playing really well right now for the – for the jazz on a dollar Neesmith has had a, a lot of opportunity come his way in Indiana. Um, so if you're, if you're interested in doing a roster construction that, you know, you're allocating, you know, half of your budget to, to Shea and bam, this is how you fill in a roster around that so that it makes sense. Um, so yeah, you know, shout out to, to Charles and, and this, um, this Toronto Raptors team, it, it's good. Um, like I said, I don't have the, the games advantage. He has more games played uh, this week total than I do. I also don't have the star advantage um, as SGA and Bam um, and Leonard play nine times. Um, Jamal Murray is my only 20-point scorer. He only plays twice this week. Um, so I – you know, it's going to be tight. I've been doing a lot of like looking at breakdowns of schedule, when things happen, who plays, and it's a nine cat league. So you only, you need five to win. Um, he has the tiebreaker over me because he had a better regular season and beat me head to head. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to f- sort of game out a way to find five points. Um, and because I'm short, on games played and because his stars, you know, Shea plays four times, Kawhi plays three times with no back-to-backs. Um, because that's the sort of landscape, here's how my initial read of things look. I think I'm beat in points. I think I'm beat in steals. And I think I'm beat in free throws. Um, you know, Shea is just such a positive for, sure. for all three of those. Um, ditto with, with Kawhi. Um because I have the other side of the games uh, stick, I think that I'm in good shape for turnovers. Um, generally speaking, you know, my guards just don't turn it over very often either. Tyus is, is one of those uh, assist to turnover monsters. Um, I feel good about my field goal percentage as well, um, which isn't a thing that I normally feel good about, but he's, he's definitely more shooter heavy. Um, Fontecchio made four threes last night, which is tough, but he needed 13 shots to do it. Um, and I feel good about assists, um, uh, which is a, just a category I've been strong in for most of the season. Um, so that means that there's three cats here that are still in play and will ultimately decide sort of where this thing shakes out. And that's blocks, boards, and threes. Um, and so I think that there's a path, um, Blocks is blocks is kind of frustrating. He started, so we're obviously we're a game into this or a day into this already. He picked up three blocks yesterday. I didn't have any, uh, and he got a block from 
Neesmith, he got a block from Yang, which is just like, man, these are not the guys I want to be blocking shots. Um, and he got one from Powell. Um, but, you know, I I don't have a lot of it, sort of categorical advantages, but blocks. I've got three games of Brooke Lopez, which is going to be a huge. I get four games of John Collins, who's my other big shot blocker. Um, Scotty Barnes has a wrist injury. Yeah, that was, that's good. what I was going to say. That wrist injury sounds bad. Um, you know, it's non-shooting hand, which maybe helps. Um, he also doesn't play until Wednesday, so he, he suffered the injury over the weekend, so he has a couple of days to hopefully get right. Um, but with those three guys playing, you know, 10 games between them, if I get 10 games out of them, I think I could get blocks. Um, rebounds will be will be tight because it's like my guys are Brooke Lopez and Collins. I get Scotty Barnes, again, is a really important figure for that. Bobby Portis is a big rebounder for my team. He's got three games. I think that will be close. And then the other category that's up in the air is threes. Um, and I feel better about threes than I do about boards. Um, that's, you know, Lopez, Grayson Allen with three games. Kispert plays four games this week. Reggie Bullock plays four games this week. Cameron Payne plays three games. Uh, Tyus Jones gets four. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a, a sort of step back as Morant returns. Um, so those are the three things that I'm sort of zeroing in on. Um, and I, I have one other advantage um, that I can use, which is that I have two, I have two dollars and change in salary cap room available to me. Um, because I'm getting a lot of uh, injury updates and just like general fuckery with the Spurs, um, I have some roster spots to play with. So I have I have two waiver wire bullets that I can fire um, to try and shore up one of those three categories. Um, I think for sure I'm going to make one move. Um, and whether or not there's going to be a second one, I'll sort of have to figure out um, about like when the game happens. Can that guy actually start for me? Um, do I have enough roster spot? That kind of stuff. But I think it's going to be really, really close after, after game one, night one, which he had a big games advantage. It's six, three um, with him in front. Uh, but, you know, if the categories that I need to win are, are, uh, you know, field goal threes, rebounds, assists, blocks turnovers i've got the field goal point the assist point and the turnover point even after one night so that that feels good nice you know i mean talking to what is what's today my yeah talking to you a few days ago you know it seemed like you were way behind on a lot of things so the fact that uh you know you have a puncher's chance you're within striking distance uh it's really good because then anything anything can happen man you know, especially in those percentages, right? Um, anything can happen. Uh, it's the season's getting a little silly, right? You know, injuries, sure. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, man, um, you're in good position. So it's good to hear. Hopefully, you you bring home the chip, man. You just need five, you know. Yeah. And like having three, having three that I feel pretty comfortable with. You know, you at least there's a path, you know, and I. I do think that, you know, to take what I'm experiencing and maybe apply it more generally to other people that are in this circumstance, um, you know, being able to sort of look at 
the schedule and figure out where you can get games um, and where you can get players that will do specific things. Like I think your focus has to be really, really tight uh, for a championship. Like it's just, it's going to be really hard um, with this particular setup. There isn't a ton of waiver stuff that you can do, but you know, more generally speaking with a bigger pool, like you got to make some really targeted ads um, and be really, really precise on like, how do you how you're going to generate five categorical wins because it, it no longer matters the uh you know the overall like discrepancy or like trying to get six seven eight points you just need five five and a year, five and you're a champion so uh, good luck to everyone else out there who's trying to do what i'm doing <laughs> yes no doubt um we want all the chips to come to the rasball family um i mean that that would be awesome you know like it really you know, I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, because I pretty much, uh, you know, just started writing just because basically Gray asked me to. And, you know, I enjoy writing. It's therapeutic. And then, um, you know, just by writing, you know, over the years, I mean, there have been times when people have been like, um, yo, you know, like I won the chip, you know, and, you know, they, they give me some credit. I mean, I know it's not all because of me, obviously, but, uh, you know, just to hear that, uh, is, you know, it's it's uh it makes me proud in a way like it makes me feel good but then also you know the fact that like i know our community here at rasball is not that big but like you know i i feel like the dudes that we have here it's like pretty tight you know and like i mean in a way it's kind of like a family you know so like anytime i hear like those success stories um you know i feel really happy you know i feel, I feel really good about it and then you know like if you're able to take this down, it'd be even sweeter, you know, because we've kind of, I mean, you're my partner in this and we've kind of uh, been down the journey together, you know, so like, yeah, For it's sure. really cool, man. I hope so, man. Good luck. Good luck, sir. Thank you. Yes. And you too. Well, it's funny because like my opponent in this championship is one of the two guys that's like on your heels for the Roto thing. But that that Raptors team is good. Like this, It is this... a really good team. I mean. You know, just just breaking it down. I mean, Bam Shea, right? Like that's great. You got the one-two punch there. But I mean, Desmond Bain as the shooter, right? And then you got Kawhi. Uh, and then, like you said, you know, the Naismith, the Javon Carter, Fontecchio, Naismith, uh, triumvirate there. Um, yeah, no, I love how he built his team. Um, you know, point guard, center, and shooter, and then you know, get the discount on Kawhi. So that, yeah. that's really nice, you know. It's uh, yeah. So, but you know, fuck him. Hopefully, you take him in head to head, and I beat him in roto, and so fuck him. That's right. That's right. Uh, we, we can uh, send him all our silver medals, you know. Nah, nah. For real though, like shout out. Like that's a really well constructed team. Yeah. Uh, he definitely went, um, you know, a different path than us, and it just shows that there is no one right way to win. Right. And, you know, I had I was in a chat earlier this morning for baseball uh, and, you know, there was just like diver like somebody posted a, a, a screenshot of their team on Twitter. And a lot of dudes are like kind of dissing it and just, you know, breaking holes into it. And but, you know, there was some interesting discussion discourse in it because, um, you know, different perspectives and people focusing on different things. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone has different kind of. Uh, emotional temperament and philosophies and perspectives and 
you know, I mean, the, I mean, at the end of the day, the conclusion was, hey, you know, there's many ways to skin a cat. You know, it's um, you can win. I mean, it's been proven, right? Like we've gone through this pod, like we've shown multiple ways that you can have success, right? And so, uh, it just matters on, um, you know, what your philosophy, your perspective is, and then executing that vision, right? And then obviously picking the right players, right? That's, I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Like you can have the plan, but if you don't pick the right players for the plan, uh, it, it all goes to waste. But, you know, I'm really um, not surprised, but, uh, you know, because from the outset of this, like the 30D teams, like, you know, I was always like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Stars and Scrubs is really the way to go, right? And this pretty much proves that, you know, hey, it's possible, right? You can do it, right? Yeah. Um, and I do, I've always recognized that stars and scrubs does have a higher ceiling than any other strategy because, you know, it just inherently, cause you're going to have the stars, right? And then if those lower guys hit, um, it just, just elevate your team to a level where, um, you know, it'll be tough. Like, even if my team was healthy, I don't know, maybe I can compete if obviously if all the games played were equal and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I still think he has a higher ceiling, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's really well, interesting got, to me. You know, two first round players with with Shea and Kawhi. Like, I, my first round player is Brook Lopez, and like that is very skewed because of the ways that he, you know, accumulates stats. But like, yeah, Shea is a is a is unholy monster right now. And Kawhi has been every bit as good as he ever has been. So, yeah, the ceiling, I, I definitely can't come anywhere close to the ceiling. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but, you know, anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. Just, you need to um, go on eBay, get all the voodoo dolls, and just start <laughs> pricking them with pins all over the place, man. Nothing too serious, you know, nothing too serious. You know, maybe like a big toe here, uh, a, pinky, <laughs> a pinky there, right? And just start you know, poking them, man. I caught a break. Um, I caught a break. I mentioned that the, the Spurs are definitely one of the groups, one of the teams that are playing around with their roster. Um, and I have Sohan and Trey Jones. Um, I thought that Trey Jones was going to be out today. There was indications that he might miss it. Turns out he's going to play, which is really good news for my assists. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think one thing that has been, revealed to me over the course of this playoff run is um is luck like luck is a really hard thing to sort of deal with in the context of what we do um because it's it's 100 a factor um, but you can't really plan for it or quantify it um but just the ad the advantage that i got from schedule there's just nothing there's no you can't really be uh, like proactive and predicting like how this is going to go. You can look ahead and go like, well, you know, these guys only have a two game week. So maybe you move off of them, but in a format like this, where you're playing a dynasty, like you're just really trying to put the best team together that you can have. And, and the chips fall where they may, like I, if it weren't for like a really big second half from Tyus Jones, I wouldn't have gotten out of the first round. But once I did like the next two weeks were kind of just served up and now yeah, now it's like, you know, these things can turn on a trifle, like a twisted ankle can can decide this whole thing. So, um, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, that's, that, I'm grappling with it. Yeah, that's the thing about, um, you know, head to head. And, 
you know that's that's why I chose to build it more roto focused for this one just because uh, I think I think roto it really it really does show which team is the best I think just because accumulation of, of points right um, mm-hmm. the I mean you still need luck there right uh, in, especially injury of the injury variety but um, I think that that's a more of a true indication of quote-unquote better team i understand the allure of head-to-head because uh you know it's i mean it's kind of like the the poker mentality in the sense that you know if you play you know 100 hours with phil ivy you're gonna get crushed but in one hand you can take them you could you can, yeah. you can stack them right and so you know that's the thing with head-to-head right like um anybody has a chance to win and it's just about getting into the playoffs and then once you're in the playoffs uh, like you said, it's a lot of luck, a lot of variance, scheduling, injury. Uh, you know, one guy shoots, you know, four of seven from the line instead of, you know, six for seven, which he normally, you know, like that little thing could just alter the whole thing, right? So, um, yeah. so that's why I think like head to head, like that's why they say like, you know, you want to build your team. You want as much upside as possible uh, because that in a way, doesn't negate or neutralize but it kind of swings the pendulum back a little bit towards all the variants back to like okay so well if you're going to have all those variants then i need to have all this upside to kind of counterbalance that risk right and so i think that's the way you know you should do it in head to head and then just put your belt put yourself in the best position to maximize it you know whereas i think what a lot of people mistakenly do is um they try to be too floor oriented, which is more of a roto mindset, which is basically, you know, kind of what I did. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's hard to win head to head, you know, championship in that because uh, you're not really uh, the ratio in terms of like risk reward. Uh, you're not maximizing it to your full potential and people, teams that do will just catapult you way and you can't you can't keep up so um yeah so that's definitely the thing i've learned over the years playing you know head-to-head and and seeing some of like the better teams like like there's some really good players in the rcls um you know like napster i i can't win Um, i get beaten my (laughs) rcl every every year yeah i mean they're really good you know like shout out to napster like he's every year i remember like i think he's been He's probably within the JB days, but he every time I've been to RCLs, he's always been there. Uh, he's always near the top, and I know like he's always breaking down, you know, numbers, basketball monster, and stuff like that. So, and you know, there's a lot of other good players out there right now. You know, my apologies for not remember their names, but uh, tons of good like those guys are really good head-to-head players, and you know, I've noticed the way that they construct their teams is you know, you know, upside and and they do it right. So, um, but man. You know, like I said, man, this journey for you, it's been, it's been cool, man. It's been cool to see, right? Because you came from the the depths of Hades, and you're now, right, <laughs> like, uh, you know, flying, uh, chilling with Icarus, you know, near the sun, and about to bring, you know, bring that crown, or possibly. And I just think, you know, you continue to grind. Like a lot of the moves that you made, you know, were really, really good. You know, the training for Brook Lopez, you know, things like that, right? So. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to you, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's um, 
it's very strange. I didn't really think this was how this was going to go. Um, and I, any kind of success I'm having at this is uh, a reflection back on you. I was one of those people that was just reading Razzball and then um, I got better. And then I got introduced to, to bigger pools and different sort of the deep end of, of fantasy basketball, the Raz Jam and all that, NFB, KC, like none of that was stuff that was really on my radar um, you know, three years ago. And, and now that, you know, it's a, a 30, you know, the, the deal with a 30 team is like, you just kind of get to invent your own basketball NBA world, um, with that many, you know, you roster everybody. Um, and because I had a really hard time sort of understanding what a good team looks like. And it, it seems like despite that lack of knowledge that I've put together a decent one, yeah, for sure. um, no, you did good. So, it's uh it's been fun i'm i'm just like incredibly fascinated to see how this works going forward because i think it's going to go topsy-turvy at least a couple of times as we like bring in new players uh through the draft and maybe some people are starting to purge some of their bad buys from the startup and um you know a lot of those guys that were acquiring all those draft picks now have to do something with them and and start building a team from from that end like um it's it will be a really interesting to see how this all sort of develops from here yeah what i really love about this um league is one obviously the salary cap in of itself kind of enforces trades automatically i really like that but i think the contracts are really um granted we haven't gone to that point yet but how i see it right now i'm really liking that because there's a there's a cap on how long you can hold a player, right? So, for mm-hmm. example, Shea, he can extend them, and you know he's gonna have to get rid of them when he's probably what close to thirty, right? Because the contract ends there, right? So around there, um, and then you know yeah. before you extend them, I mean you know decisions have to be made. So, you know like in the other thirty teamer, like you can keep someone a team, you know a player forever, which is cool, right? But at the same time, you kind of want like turnover, you want to kind of want mm-hmm. decisions to have to be made and then, you know, things do not become stale. Right. And, um, but you know, obviously like if you have like Doncic and Jokic, like it's nice, like you live in nice, but yeah, um, it's a good way to live. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's really cool from that perspective, but I just think that, you know, like long-term viability of a league and just staleness and, and just freshness. Um, I, I'm all for, the, the more you have to make like tough decisions, I think that's a better, that's a good thing, right? And so, uh, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to, um, yeah, how things shape up, you know? It's like, it's gonna be fun, man. I can't wait. For sure. Yeah, it's a good league. I, uh, I recommend doing something like this to, to anyone that like is, is interested in, in fantasy basketball and sort of a, uh, more intense side of the scale. Like it's, <laughs> It's a lot. The startup draft was a lot. Um, it's crack. It's, it's feels, crack. It's basically crack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels really long ago that I was like <laughs> trying to fend someone off of uh, coming over the top of me for Trey Jones, you know. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's definitely my opinions on players have changed a little bit since draft day too. Like now that now that I've really had to like sit and like just. Uh, experienced uh what happens with john collins 
every day of his season. Like my, <laughs> my, my relationship with this person is kind of changing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's kind of on an uptick lately. So it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, go out and block some shots, Johnny. That's what we're looking for this week. I don't, yeah, no doubt. Make some threes, block some shots. No doubt. No doubt. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. All right. Enough of uh, slobbering over your team. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, nah, man. Good luck, for real. I hope, uh, I really do hope you take it. All right. Let's get into some, a uh, few players here, kind of like wanted to highlight. I want to start with uh, Damian Lillard. And so we had Aussie on the pod a few, a uh, few pods ago. And, um, you know, he made a pretty good point in the sense that, like, um, Dame, there's a chance Dame may not get shut down because, you know, scoring, you know, a leader, uh, he may just want to just go for his and, and things like that. But recently, there's been chatter that um, he may get shut down because Portland is falling out of the, the playoff race. So um, what do you think, man? I'm a like I'm afraid that it is that it's going to happen. I I think there was a quote from Lillard himself recently. Um, I should have bookmarked it and then read it um, like a professional instead of fumbling <laughs> about it. But essentially, it was it was sort of the acknowledgement that you know the they're in uh, there are three losses behind the Lakers, um, and that's the 11 seed. Like it's not so much that you have. S- the games are such a big deal, but you've got so many teams you'd have to jump to get into the play. And, um, you know, I think that the way that Portland handled the trade deadline indicated that they weren't really interested in pushing this year, you know, like by, by moving hearts, um, that doesn't seem, that's not a kind of guy that you deal away if you're going to be trying to make a postseason run. Um, and you know, if, if it does happen that this is, uh, that, you know, Lillard's season is going to be abbreviated. Uh, it's a pity because he's he's having an, his the best season of his career. Like this is, there's never been a better Dame year than the one we've got going on now. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah, he's been fantastic on on, on every level. Uh, he was basically at the turn. Um, you know, I think he's probably what top five player on a per game basis right now. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I you know I've been thinking about this a lot actually lately, uh, in terms of man, you can find so much value in dudes that come off a poor year, whether it be from injury. Usually it's from injury. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Lillard, Brooke Lopez are the two that stand out, right? Um, and but it but it's it's tough, right? And I mean that's. That's why there's so much volatility in trying to pick those players because then you have dudes like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, right? So like, how do you, right? Like, factor all that stuff in. Um, and so yeah, I've been I've, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I don't know. I guess it's like more of um, where I lean right now is, you know, dudes that obviously have more of a history and some chronic issues, um, say like a Kawhi. Yeah, you yeah. probably want more of a discount. Whereas, um, and so so the Brook Lopez one is is the one actually I've been really focusing on because, you know, I was like, ah, oh, it's a back injury. He's old, right? Like that could be, you know, back injuries are, are scary. That's tough, right? But then, you know, if you really look at his history, I mean, the dude was pretty much playing a ton of games before that. Like he's almost mm-hmm. like an Iron Man, right? 
So I didn't put enough credence into that, right? Whereas, you know, I should have been like, and I mean, he got discounted pretty heavily, right? Oh, yeah. So especially, so, you know, when you factor those things together, the risk reward ratio is just really favorable and you have to jump on it. Lillard, the discount wasn't so as severe as Brooke, but that's just because he's awesome, right? But, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to fall that far. Yeah, you know, but... um, Right, I mean, yeah, the, the injury, the calf, and all that stuff is concerning, but before that, I mean, right, he was playing a ton of games, so, you know, we could look at that. Shea... Shea is an interesting one because, you know, right, the narrative was shutting down and, and injury and stuff like that, so... You know, you definitely have to take that into consideration. But I think it's kind of similar to the Brook in that he was, well, uh, hindsight, you know, he was obviously discounted now. But at the time, he was probably going in like the 40, 40th range, right? And so, um, you know, that's kind of like 50, 40, 50 range was probably, you know, where he finished that on a per game basis. So, you know, it's like, all right. Um, you know, do I want to take that risk if, right, he's going to end up where he was prior? But then I think for him, I think the situation, the, the variable that needs to be factored in is the dude is freaking young, man. And at some yeah, point, gross. yeah, he's going to, you know, take a leap, right? He's going to get better. Uh, and I I mean, I definitely didn't uh, factor in that, like, in terms of upside and stuff like that. So that's something, like... I'm gonna try to get better at it and try to at least try to factor in to some degree, um, because if you factor that upside in, then the risk reward ratio like really, really skews like positively, right? And yeah, so, that, that equation changes. Yeah, like like so big time. Um, for next year, in terms of like how you look at Dame, like how are you kind of looking at him? Yeah, I think he's really interesting. He's an interesting guy to think about for next year because, you know, this year, you know, there was the discount coming off the injuries. He's in his 30s. And so, you know, with him and Lopez, you could start having the, the thoughts of like, is this the beginning of the decline? Um, and when I said that his this is the best season of his career, like some of the things that he's doing well are kind of inexplicable. Um, so he's by EPM, he's the fourth best player in basketball, which is crazy. He's only behind Embiid, Jokic, and Jimmy Butler. Um, the usage is higher than it has been. He's always been a high usage player, but like it's gone up, which I don't think I would have necessarily anticipated considering, you know, Simons was there and like you could start to see this, the rest of this team emerging. Um, He's shooting 61% at the rim, which is something he's never done before. Um, He's shooting almost 50% from the mid. That's a career best. Um, He's having a career high in assist percentage. So, like, I think that you can – I think you could have anticipated some bounce back from him because he really is, you know, an elite all-NBA caliber player. I don't think that there was any reason to think that he would have his best offensive career, offensive season of his career. Agreed. And so, you know, I don't think I'm taking him in the first half of the first round, yeah. but if you let him linger until where he was this year at the turn, I think that's, that's good money. That's a, that's a 
a bet that I would make again. Um, you know, I think it, I think it's probably will end up being is around like eight to fourteen is where I'd put him. I think so. I think so. Um, you know, like <laughs> it's kind of like he's not, not he's not the anti Trey Young, but you know, like he's on such a different level than Trey Young in my opinion, right? Just because the percentage, right? <laughs> the percentage is, oh right? yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I mean that. I mean that just makes such a huge difference, um, you know. But with that said. Um, there is definitely some risk of overdrafting him, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, past results are not indicative of future results. And you said, you know, there's a lot of things that are career highs. They could be outliery, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not something like we can expect going forward necessarily, right? So there could be some regression in those numbers. He is older, right? Definitely injury risk. So, you know, as far as the pendulum swung coming into this year, it could swing back the other way, right? So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I guess it's just, you know, see how the board plays out, but I, I'm kind of yeah. inclined not to pay up for him. Well, the other thing, too, is, like, he's not he's not getting value from, like, uh, sneaky sources that you didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Like, the rebounding is a little bit better, but not much. The steals are better, but not much. Um the field goal percentage is is great by his standards, yeah. but you know if you're what you're getting is like a, an elite offensive scoring three free throw guy who's having the best year at those things, and so you know if you, it's not like with Shea where like you're seeing these other sort of secondary categories bubble up and like it's it's helping like facilitate this huge bloom. What you're getting is like an elite guy having an amazing year for sure. And so that's why I think like you can be a little bit more, it's okay to throw a little more cold water on Lillard going forward. Cause like you just, you, I don't think that we're now going to assume that Damian Lillard is a 33 year old is, is going to start making 60% of his, his attempts at the rim all the time. I don't think that's a, a wise path to walk for going sure. forward. For sure. I think, uh, I think he's a good floor play. Like, he keeps a, a really good, solid foundation. I don't mm-hmm. know if we can, yeah, like you said, I don't know if we can expect some of these other things in there. So, um, yeah, we'll see, man. I hope, I mean, I really hope he doesn't get shut down because I have him on a lot of my important teams, you know. So, Me too. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I kind of need him. I kind of need him. Um, so, yeah, yeah so I, I've made a little run here uh, in the main event. Talk to me. Yeah, so... Um, in my league, I'm first now. I got up to 73 points. I was kind of stuck in that 69 to 70 point range. Um, and then in the overall, I'm up to fifth. So I just made up like eight points. I'm way behind though the top four. Like they're in the mm. fish is in fourth at 363. I have three 338. So like that's gonna be tough. I don't I don't know how that's gonna happen. But I mean, if I can stay right here five. I don't know. Maybe if I can get to, if I could get up to the 360s. So, what's that? Like 22 points. Uh, it's kind of tough, but not inconceivable. That top, the the two through four are pretty bunched in together. 360, 370. So, 
if guy in first place has 390, so I don't think I don't think anyone's catching him. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm probably probably in this range five to I guess eight, I guess range, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with that. Um, that's with, a really nice year. Yeah, with the uh, the possibility of getting into the two to four, I think that's like the ceiling outcome. But um, please, one time, one time, let's go. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get you on the podium here. Let's What's, go. Um, are there? But I need Dame. Yeah, do you have? I have Dame in that league. So do you have the cuff? Do you have sign-ins? I uh, I, oh, I don't think no, not in this one. I had him in Raz John. Yeah, he got taken before I could I could take him. Um. So let me see. Yeah. There's your your cuffing lesson right there. Like you you're seeing it come to fruition. Simon's is tough because he's a good player on his own. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what ended up happening was he went and then I think I took pool um, because mm. they were in the similar areas. So uh, he yeah he just didn't make make it back to me. Cuffing cuffing in main event though is a little harder just because there's only four bench spots. Yeah. So you really have to just churn turn the bench. Um so that's tough, but yeah. Yeah, I mean there was I mean there was when Simon was down with the injury, you know, somebody dropped him. Right? And like, oh, wow. yeah, and that's how because that's how valuable bench spots are, right? It's just like cuz you know, there was unknown. You didn't know you're going to hold him for t- I mean cuz initially he was going to be out like 4 to 6 weeks and then he just came back, you know. So um, but that just shows, like, my experience last year, you know, not only did I have AD and PG, and then once they get hurt, I can't fucking drop them, right? Yeah, you can't. That's, a, like, that's just dead weight. Yeah, I, like, you ha- I have to hold them because not only, you know, I, then I'm giving someone else the advantage, right? Then I'm just fucking up everything, right? And then, but then to compound that error, I had Kyrie Irving, when, right? He had, the, like, the holdout stuff, so I'm thinking, right? So, <laughs> and, and I had to hold him. Right, I can't. You right, I can't drop him. So that, that that's three dead spots right there. And so yeah, you, you can't do it. Um, but yeah, last year wasn't as good. This this year's better. Yeah, yeah no, no, this year is definitely better. But yeah, if if I don't have Dame, that's gonna hurt big time. Yeah, it's gonna. That's gonna well, I hope he sticks around, man. I hope he sticks around because it'd be good for your team. I hope it sticks around because like, you know, I was thinking about this too when you mentioned having Aussie on the pod, like. I'm not super optimistic about like the next five years for Portland. You know, they seem to be kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, the selling point is that we have like a, like a franchise cornerstone. We're going to retire his number kind of player. Let that man play basketball. If that's what he wants to do, you know, like there isn't going to be anything else to enjoy. Um, you know, I guess there could be some pleasure in seeing what Shaden Sharp is or whatever, but like, this is the guy. This yeah. you made the commitment. He wants to be there. You gave him all the money. Yeah. This is what you paid him for. For sure. That's pretty much what the Lakers did with Kobe. You know, mm-hmm. with their, a lot of those years, you know, teams were shitty, but you know, just just play. And yeah, I mean, he he fills the seats, right? People come to watch Kobe, right? So uh, yeah, come on, let's go, let's go. That's come right, on, Dave. Go go for a hundred, right? <laughs> you got to try to get a hundred. Uh, oh my just... god, I don't know <laughs> if you have the same experience that I have, but. Um, during timeouts on League Pass, yeah. they have like the same oh, ads, yeah, yeah. and one of them is for League Pass. Okay. And so I just have the audio of "Yeah, Dame Time" going off <laughs> in my head because nice. it 
if they play it like three times a commercial break I'm saying, we gotta <laughs> we gotta mix up our ads boys no uh, but that's how they get you man they just inundate you right repetition right just boom but I, you you know that i already have it because i'm watching it on your service <laughs> like you don't need to sell me league pass i'm watching it presently it's true true you don't uh you don't like to switch over to look at like other like you know the breaks the... oh i do okay. yeah but uh you know, sometimes you just can't, you, you can't escape it. Yeah, you know? no, no, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Let's go, Dame. Come on. Let's go. Um, next guy I want to talk about, Jalen Green. And I, man, I don't know if I'm completely off base here. And if people like really read my stuff or listen to me, they'd probably be throwing internet tomatoes at my face. So in a way, <laughs> it's kind of good that I'm not like, you know, a celebrity or anything like that. But I mean, he, you know, he was drafted with the second overall pick for a reason. Um, I mean, his athleticism is just insane. Like, yeah. you know, he's truly like, you know, like a radioactive flea must have bit him when he was younger. And like the dude, he has flea-like hops. I think his vert was like over 50, they said. So, you know, and he has skills too. He has skills. But and I'm really beginning to have doubts whether he's going to be the star. You know, because, I mean, yeah, like, he can put up 40. He can put up probably 50. You know, like, he has that in the bag. You know, step backs. He can get his own shot. But I don't, I mean, his, I feel like he's going to just turn into, like, a Malik Monk, like, microwave off the roll, off the bench roll, uh, you know, just a score. Because, like, the rest of his game is pretty shitty. And especially his defense is fucking atrocious. And so how long are coaches going to, you know, going to be cool with that? You know, just a hucker and a chucker. Most of the time when I see these type of players, um, they don't last as the franchise guy too often. Right. Right. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Am I completely off base here? I don't think you're completely off base. Because I, I think that like there's a lot to be concerned about. You know the the thing that he does best, or the thing that makes him like a really attractive player, is like he's just so explosive. Yeah. The, the ability to get by the man in front of him seems to be something that he's got a lot of skills at. Um, but you know, from a from a fantasy point of view, there aren't a ton of assists out of a guard, which is frustrating. Um, there aren't any real rebounds, steals, blocks. That's all gone. Um, and as we were talking about last week, the negative value from the field goal attempts is really, really painful. For sure. Um, you know, he and he's got this like really nasty inverse relationship where over the last two years, his usage has increased and his true shooting has decreased. It's not good. Uh, yeah <laughs> and like you know so as the number two overall pick he comes into the league he's got a 23 percent usage rate and you're like all right well like that's uh that's a lot but the rockets are bad he's a young player he's struggling he'll get it figured out and there just hasn't been any growth here in year two um other than taking more shots um you know his three-point shooting which you know, theoretically, if you're going to have this guy be a, a microwave scorer or like a Malik Monk kind of player, the three-point shot is going to be a part of that. But 
he shot 34% last year from three, and he's shooting worse than that this year at 33%. The attempts are going up. Um, he's not fin- He's doing the anti-Damian Lillard, where he, he shot 59% at the rim last year, which is in the 33rd percentile, and he's down to 50, 52% now, which is the 12th percentile. Um, he's making more mid-range shots, but like, if you're going to be this kind of like explosive dynamic guard, the mid range probably isn't where you're going to be getting a lot of action from. And so right now, I just don't know what, what he's really giving you from a fantasy perspective, because if it's just, unless, if you're playing a category, like if you're playing points, it's a different, That's different story because yeah. points will carry yeah. you. But you know, the, the category standpoint, the thing that he's giving you is are threes and points, but the negative weight of the he's missed 800 field goals that's insane that's that you you thought that that's insane yeah like (laughs) he he has more negative impact on your field goal percentage than trey young dylan brooks and killian hayes like that's not a good company to be with for sure if trey young is like having a a better field goal value (laughs) year than you like oh man that's that's hard to do and so yeah, there, there are things that I'm, that I'm concerned about from a statistical breakdown. I also, you know, we've talked about like the Rockets as like a franchise and the way that they're kind of handling their business. It's generally not very encouraging. I'm, I'm glad that Jabari Smith has had a nice stretch of games here because that looked bad for most of this year. Um, you know, the, the, the idea that you're just going to let 33% of your offense or like 30% of your offense flow through Jalen green has a real expiration date on it. If the results are going to be this middling. And so, you know, he's giving you, giving you points on volume. What happens if you turn the volume down? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, I, so I think we're on the same page. So it's good to hear that. I'm not like freaking cuckoo. Cause I do know that I get the tinfoil hat uh, at times, <laughs> you know, just start going crazy, but yeah, man, I, I don't see how he can, unless he makes some drastic improvements, like uh, probably more uh, process, you know, and, and some mental stuff, you know, I, I just don't see it, you know. And and I think this, this kind of goes back to the, uh, what I often think about, like what separates and distinguishes the good players from the great players. And... Uh, you know, there's certain intangibles, certain variables, you know, like work ethic, uh, you know, passion. Um, and I think like, you know, a dude like Jalen Green, I mean, super athletic, super talented, but, you know, it's as if like, he's been the fucking man probably ever since he's in eighth grade, maybe less, right? And just yeah. jumping and going around everybody. So everybody's like treating them like a king. And then in terms of like development, uh, like certain, you know, fundamentals, um, you know, may have been lacking, right? Because he didn't have to, right? I think that's how it is for a lot of guys. They're just so physically dominant, so skilled that they don't have to do certain things. And so now when he gets to, you know, this, this level, and especially because there's a lack of veteran leadership on that team, they're not telling him what to do. And granted, I don't know the guy, so I'm not... You know, I don't want to say that like this is exactly how it is, but I do feel like if like say like a Patrick Beverly got in his face and was like, "Yo, this is what you need to do," he would kind of probably. I, I feel like 
his reaction be like, yo, fuck you. Like, who are you? Kind of thing. Whereas, yeah. right? Whereas, like, a dude that truly wanted to... So it's, like, kind of, like, more like an ego thing, I guess. But I think a dude that truly wanted to, like, be an awesome player would be like, all right, you know, let, let me hear it. How can I get better? What do I need to do type of thing? So, um, I mean, you know, like I said, I could be totally off base here, but I, I, I just feel like I've seen this this story too many times to where, yeah, you know, I feel really... and. You know what's interesting to me is, and I, I'm definitely gonna get Rocco on the pod, you know, over the off season. Nice. Just because. Yeah, well, I don't know. Hopefully he accepts, right? But, um, you know, obviously because he's probably gonna clean clean up the streets, and so I want to go through all his stuff. But I do. There's one. I do want to talk to him about Jalen Green because I remember in the off season he was pretty high on him, um, and I, I get why because where he was getting drafted. Like he was a really great source of points, and so I remember he was like, at the end of last year, you know, he had that crazy stretch at the end. Was that like eight games or something like that, where he just went absolutely bonkers? Oh yeah, went ballistic. Yeah, he went yeah. bonkers. So, like you could see the talent, you could see all that shit. And then, you know, I you know I remember he was kind of like, yeah, you know, um, you know, he kind of put a lot of weight on that and kind of projected that out to like upside for this year, right? So. I, yeah, I want to see where he's at on that because it's you know especially we both know kind of like the type of players that he goes for and, and things like yeah. that. So yeah, that'll that'll be pretty interesting to see uh, how that goes. When I was looking at Jalen Green's numbers, well, I guess first of all, are you trying to tell me that you don't think that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to step in and show him the way of how to be a professional? <laughs> but but and, you know, I, I've actually seen a lot of growth with him with with, with KPJ. Yeah, so okay. like if I had to choose between the two. Um, like so, if you got like Jabari, and if they're gonna go Jabari and Sangoon, right? I would much rather have KPJ than Jalen Green as like you know the point man, the point guard, because I feel like I've seen, I've seen a lot more growth with KPJ. Um, mm. I mean, there's just little things like, um, you know, you look at his turnover rate has gone down, right? And just the way he plays, it's he's a lot more in control. Um, but I think the one, and I may be reading too much into this, but, you know, they, they gave him that extension and it was kind of like incentive did, yeah. laden, right? Like they didn't give him a ton of money, but they gave him money, but it was a lot though. I forgot exactly, but the way that they structured the deal was kind of like, we'll give you money, but if you prove yourself and you do right, you'll get more money. And like, mm-hmm. I remember just hearing like his, like in, you know, hearing and reading his reaction to it was like, kind of like. Like humble and like he was very thankful in a way for the opportunity and things like that, you know. Yeah. And so like that really resonated with me. And then watching him play, then it kind of like fits in, right? Because right, he's more in control. He's elevated certain aspects of his game. So, um, yeah. So I, like I have doubts. Like I haven't seen that with Jalen Green, you know. All you know. So yeah. you know, we'll see. Well, and you know, like it's been a different path too. For like, sure. I think for, sure. for for Kevin, like people have told him to go away already you know he's he's still a young player he's you know early 20s um but there have been there's been uh moments of like uh of real struggle where it wasn't working and like it it, it he was failing to the point of like we just don't want you around anymore yeah. and you know he was not the uh he was not the the lottery pick that green was 
the potential like franchise face. So like some of that growth is definitely like, I think is, you know, comes out from a real place with Kevin. Um, as far as like the entitlement with green, like it, it seems totally possible to me. Obviously I don't know the guy Same, either, yeah. uh, but you know, you, it seems like it would make a lot of sense if that's what's going on in Houston. I'm just like, there isn't a whole lot of leadership. There isn't a whole lot of like, this is how you be professional. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm worried about green as well. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking at his numbers, um, his by EPM, it's been a, a pretty bad year. The players, the other guards in his area are like Rodney Magruder, Cam Reddish, Jordan McLaughlin, Bruce Brown, and then a really interesting name of Cole Anthony. And so I'm thinking, because I, I kind of am intrigued by what's what Cole's been Me doing too, down the actually. stretch here. The, I, I have to. I traded him. The shooting. Is, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You did do that. Um, would are you more optim? Would you are you more likely to draft Cole Anthony or uh, Jalen Green next year? That's a tough one. That's a tough one because green will be more expensive. Yeah, almost certainly. yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of factors that need to be going there. So obviously, draft cost is one. Uh, situation is two. Um, I guess the way that I would answer that would be, if both were in the same situation and both cost the same, I'm taking Cole Anthony in a heartbeat. You know, mm-hmm. just because. It's, you know, I mean, I, I've done a lot of due diligence on Cole Anthony. You know, I've mental masturbated over him <laughs> a lot. Uh, you know, especially when now you know people wanted to trade for him, and and you know, I was like, whether well, should I keep him? Blah blah blah. Um, I I do like him. I do like him. I think he has he has really excellent pedigree. Um, and he has he's he's inconsistent. So he has shooting efficiency issues. He's very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But there have been times where so from a like a purely scoring standpoint, I don't think he has as much upside as Green just because he has no. he has obvious limitations on the offensive side for sure. With that said, um you know, oh also, you know, his defense isn't great. So there's a chance that right he, yeah. like coaches won't even play him because of that, right? He's also you know, four inches yeah, shorter exactly. than green, which will limit the defensive for ability. For sure, for sure, right. So there's definitely limitations there. But in terms of his game and, you know, like certain, you know, certain things that, like, I've seen, you know, you know, from, like, you know, going down the YouTube rabbit hole and stuff like that, you know, um, you know, I have been somewhat impressed on his, um, yeah, sorry, his, uh, you know, kind of work ethic, you know, like, certain things I said and I think the pedigree and just having the history of being in that family right I think that's huge really you know right it can't hurt yeah, <laughs> you really can yeah, you know and, and I mean and I'm not just speaking like in terms of like you know physical genes that are passed down but just like I mean you know his pops was he was there he was in the league you know and so there's certain things that he can give him insight on. And, you know, when he was a kid, he probably saw a lot of things. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You don't have the same, like, professionalism concerns yeah. about Cole Anthony being the son of an NBA star. For sure, like, for sure. Hey, you know. Joel, my bad. I'm expecting a delivery right now, and it's a it's a big one. So I need to go out there. <laughs> it sounds um, like it's coming through your computer. Yeah, sorry. So I think you better handle it. So, um, no, I mean, this is great. Uh, you know, we want to. There was a couple other places we want to talk to, but you know, at least we got some fodder for for next week. 
Um, but good luck this week, sir. Bring back the fucking chip. All right. I'll do everything I can, including making a skeptical or dubious <laughs> waiver wire ad. No doubt. So, All right, uh, everyone. Take it easy. L- later, Joe. Thanks, man. Take care, sir.